Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He's at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 207. The You mean all assistant coaches don't have to come from Houston or Ohio State? Of Sodes. Wow, that one hit close to home. Uh, that was a... Uh, it's good to like hire guys that we know don't all come from the same poker group, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Diversifying the coaching po- uh, portfolio is absolutely happening this off season. Although it's not like Brian Callahan isn't hiring guys. He's got connections with. Either, yeah. Right? The Nick Holes thing was like, wait a minute. I feel like we've been down this road before. Like, Oh, you guys were best friends in high school. Okay. <laughs> all right. Look, all I'll say is, Nick, you better be good at your job, which then again, I don't even know what his job will consist of um, because obviously Brian Callahan's calling the plays. But, Nick, whatever it is you do, you better be great at it because otherwise you might be the first house that we come to with our pitchforks because <laughs> hiring of friends hasn't worked for the last, like, five years. And... um we want to, we want to, we want a new, we, we're looking for something new and this is not that, but however, with that said, Hey, friends that function, that's what we want. If you hire your friends, make sure that they function. Rabel's yeah. friends didn't function, but we are still kind of throwing stones in a glass house. Let this podcast be an attest to the fact that, look, if you hire someone that you'd never met before in your life, it can, you can make magic. Okay. Jack and I still have never met in person. And prior to <laughs> what, almost four years ago, never, I didn't know, I didn't know Jack was a human being on this earth and nor did he know I was a human being on this earth. So sometimes strangers can create just pure unfiltered magic, which is what we planted to do today with that with that so title coming to us from eric swan at eric swan on twitter that is eric with a c and swan with two n's stop looking at me swan uh we've got a lot to get into mostly combine stuff because ladies and gentlemen it's combine week and uh jack and i are going to get get into as many of the topics there including the great debate what do the Titans do at seven? Are they going offensive line? Are they going wide receiver? Which one would be better for the future of this franchise? We got some uh, interesting words that we were we got from both Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan meeting with the media that we will get into here in just a bit. But before we get into any of that, let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flamehead? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is February 28th, 2024, and the week is upon us. The time when hundreds of grown men flock to a metropolis in the Midwestern area of this country to poke, prod, judge, surveil, question, and test young men in underwear. Which in and of itself is weird and bad enough, but to make it worse, they televise the event. So millions nationwide can enjoy it from the comfort of their own living room. Or for some, the bathroom. All masked under the misleading guise of it being quote-unquote football. I'm of course referring to the NFL Combine. The Combine is as much of football as the grocery shopping is the enjoying of the Thanksgiving dinner. The Combine is as much of football as taking your learner's permit test is of winning the Daytona 500. The Combine is as much of football as the casting call is the Scorsese movie. Having a young adult run through some lines in a room isn't the movie. And yet so many tune in as if it is. So look, if you get enjoyment out of watching 22-year-olds decked in their Lululemon, running around cones, bench pressing, or just jumping, that's literally one of the events, just jumping. Actually, actually, a couple of the events. You just jump. If you get excited about seeing Blake Quorum run a three-cone drill, or Keon Coleman running go-routes, or hearing about Javon Foster's Wonderlick scores, to each his own, I guess. But just know, it's not football, as much as it is a beauty pageant for dudes. Only instead of a swimsuit section, they wear items much, much skimpier. The only people that should be excited about combines are farmers. But hey, happy combine week. <laughs> Wonderful rant on this combine week. Hope everyone's enjoying their combine week like Austin and I are. Um, yeah, yeah there's so said much it any better. I, Jack, I I mean I feel I feel I feel bad because there's so much about the offseason I just hate. I disdain. And yet there's so much about the offseason that get that gives so many people excitement and enjoyment and I just want to be like I don't know, maybe I'm just annoyed at the fact that like people think that this weekend, the 5 days of dudes running around uh in their tidy whities j- jumping and 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 running through cones and bench pressing and all that people think that is football and it's it's not it, it's the furthest thing from football it is as far from football as you can get 
while still being an NFL held event. So why is it that we like watch it? Why is it that we tell about it? Why is it that we make such a big deal about it? Because if if uh, Spencer Rattler runs a faster forty time than uh, Austin Reed, okay, I'm shout pretty sure. Yeah, shout, shout out tops. There you go. <laughs> a tops, tops, tops. Uh, I'm pretty sure no one's like going to bat an eye. Like, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna make Spencer Rattler a a a, a better prospect than than Austin Reed. Shout out tops. Uh, look, I'm. I just, it just, it just annoys me, and I'm so tired of it. I'm just ready. I think I'm just ready for football to come, and which is bad for me to say because it's February 28th and we've got a long, long ways to go. Well, if you are listening to this on Wednesday, we are two weeks away from the official league year starting, which means unrestricted free agents are able to sign with other teams. So while it feels like football in itself is a long way away, the league year is right around the corner and we have that to look forward to. And look, I know combine week, you know, is exciting for some. It's a waste of time for others. The schedule lays out like this. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday as the big days in this event. Sunday as well. Defensive linemen and linebackers work out on the field on Thursday. DBs and tight ends on Friday. QBs, wide receivers, and running backs, which is going to be the biggest day of the combine on Saturday. And then offensive linemen finish it off on Sunday. But I'm with you, Austin. It, it it does feel, you know, like these guys are training for track events instead of football events. And but but at the same time, don't you have to take the car for a test drive before you drive it off the lot? Like I want to see I mean, some I... of these guys perform at at certain levels. Like you can, in my opinion, it's hard to boost your stock that much at this combine because I mean, what do you want to do? Run a four two something? Like every dude not named Chris Johnson that's ran at that level has not panned out. So this is an event that can hurt you more than it can help you, in my opinion. But for me, the most fascinating part of this week is hearing from these guys, getting a, you know, a full media scrum in front of them while they're behind a podium, and hearing them answer questions about what they're looking for or what they plan on working on. That's the stuff that I think matters. But the stuff that really matters is something that we'll never get to know about. And that is the behind-the-doors, one-on-one interviews with certain teams. I I can't wait to see which guys the Titans bring in because that can kind of tip their hand on who who they might be looking for in the draft. Um, Some of that stuff is fascinating to me. But, Austin, picking at seven, the Titans are going to go for a blue-chip prospect up there. And a lot of those guys have already said that they're not going to be doing any of the drills in the combine. Like Malik Neighbors isn't running. He's interviewing. Marvin Harrison didn't even show up. Um, Roma Dunze is participating and that'll be one to watch. And then you've got a couple offensive linemen. They're going to be out there. The Titans more than a couple that the Titans should be paying close attention to. But for me, this week isn't particularly exciting. If anything, it's kind of background noise while I'm getting some work done at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I hear a big right. name that the Titans should be targeting, I'm going to look up and I'm going to watch him run the 40 or I'm going to watch him run I, a three cone or I'm going to watch him throw the football, you know? The people that get excited about the combine are the same people that get excited about watching Rich Eisen run a 40-yard dash in a suit. You know, like, it's like, okay, as the, is it not, like, the same thing every single year? I will extend it all a branch to those who like the combine, though, okay? I will, I will give this. There is one thing I am excited about when it comes to this year's NFL combine. 
I cannot wait. And I legitimately mean this. I will I am going to block out a section of time from my weekend to watch Harrison Mevis, the thicker kicker out of the University of Missouri, <laughs> run the forty yard dash. Is I, he there? I, he is he is in attendance. He he's got the invite to the combine. I believe he will be there this weekend. Stop. If he runs the forty yard dash, I am going to be tuning into that. Uh, like it's the freaking ball drop on New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's gonna be electric. I can't. I, this is huge news to me. I had no idea Mevis was gonna be at the combine. I this is it's news to me too because honestly I thought he was a junior. I thought he had one more year of eligibility left. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how closely uh, I, I follow my uh, Missouri Tigers, but um, yeah, I that if he is if he is, I just got to see that that man waddle down a football field for forty yards. I have to, and I don't even know if the specialists like get their forty times tested, but they should. Oh, they have to. They should make an exception this year, and we should get to see that because uh, I can't think of anything funnier. I couldn't agree more. I bet, uh, if anything, those are the only guys I want to see run the forty-yard dash. You know, yeah. them in the offensive linemen. I, I, I'm here for entertainment. I'm not here yes. to take some of these numbers super seriously. Yeah. And so you are guaranteed every me. year. You are guaranteed once a year uh, for in the uh, wide receiver drills of when they have to catch a ball to their left and then oh, run five out. yards and and turn to the right and catch a ball. You are guaranteed at least one guy getting popped in the head on one of the throws because he's he didn't turn around quick enough. So that is worth the price of admission alone as well. Uh, but Jack, before we before we get into the Titan specific stuff, uh, which of these drills are you looking forward to the most? Okay, the forty yard dash, the two twenty five bench, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the twenty yard shuttle, the three cone drill, sixty yard shuttle, interviews. Physical and injury evaluations, drug screening, the Cybex mm. test, that sounds hot, or the Wonderlick test. The 40-yard dash is the star of the show for me. But I don't, like, it's not scripture in my book. Like, if you have a good 40 time, that doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, the fastest guy on the field. If you have a bad 40 time, I mean, we saw A.J. Brown run a 4-5. And, you know, with the with the ball in his hands, he's one of the fastest players in the league, it feels like. And same with Derrick yeah. Henry. Um, right. So it's not an end-all, be-all for me, but I do think that the 40-yard dash is the most interesting, mainly because I don't, I couldn't tell you what a good time in the three-cone shuttle is, or I couldn't tell you what a great broad jump is. I, I know vertical numbers just because, you know, basketball, I have a basketball background, but I I don't think that I could accurately tell you, you know, what a great, shuttle time is or a 60 60 yard shuttle or any of that like i i know what a good 40 time looks like so for me it has to be the 40 yard dash just because of that i love a good three cone test you know like the eye test it's you know you just you know like that's oh i love it no exactly gets me going on oh man you go back and forth go back and forth um no i I uh, I don't know what the Cybex test is, but it I I'm it's got it's got my attention peaked, and uh, God, I, that, that, I that little noise wait. you made it sounded like uh, in South Park when they went to go visit Casa Bonita. 
Like a mariachi band? Is that what yeah, you're, yeah. you're saying? Yes. My my impression of someone running the icon test is sounds like a mariachi band. Yes, one hundred percent. I'll take it. I'll take it. Honestly, I I cannot wait for the. Uh, and I don't even know if this is done at the combine or just through the offseason process, but the idea of the S2 test coming up and it people just not caring whatsoever how people oh, score yeah. on that test because of C.J. Stroud. Like, C.J. Stroud did as much damage to that brand as Elon Musk has to Twitter. Like, that, it, <laughs> like he has just completely made it uh, useless and, like, people... Uh, people don't care near as much about it uh, as they once did. And it is that to me, I think is, is going to be, is going to be really fun uh, to watch because you know, people, anytime the S2 test comes up, people are going to be like, yeah, but CJ Stroud. Okay. So that means nothing. Yeah. It's a free roll. You get a free roll if you take the test. And and that sucks because you remember how important it felt last year. Oh Oh my God. It was like, they they developed this new test. Yeah, you develop this new test that determines how you can read defenses. Yeah, and C.J. Stroud bombs it, and you, you know there were reports all like all the way leading up to the draft. They're like, you know, C.J. We're never going to know his real score because it was so bad. They're not releasing it, and then yeah. C.J. Stroud comes out and just absolutely dominates with the Houston Texans. And, and yeah, that test is essentially dead now. Like it means nothing. I I feel like the uh, the the wonder look. Wonderlick is like a uh, Toyota Corolla, okay? Like, it's not sexy, uh, not like an S2, which is like probably like the brand-new Tesla, but it's like the brand-new Teslas that, like, randomly caught on fire. The Wonderlick test is, meanwhile, like the, the Toyota Corolla, where you're like, look, it's not sexy at all, but it'll get you to point A to point B. Because looking back at, like, guys who got bad Wonderlick scores, most of them turned out to be like bad quarterbacks in the sense. So maybe Marcus the Wonder Lick test. Yeah. Why? Like the Wonder Lick test may not be the sexiest test out there, but it, it has a pretty good track record of telling you which players are going to pan out. Yeah. Again, not end all be all, but it is interesting no. to see. It feels like, you know, the guys, if you can successfully understand PIMDAS, PIMDAS in the math world, you know what I'm talking about? Parentheses. Uh, I'm going to be honest. With you. Else, I have no idea what you're talking multiplication, about. Multiplication, division, the the order in which you solve a math problem. If you can do some of that stuff, you know what I'm talking about. You do. Oh, but, parentheses. Yeah, exponents uh, maybe. X, X. Is it? It's PEMDAS. PEMDAS. P E M D A S. Parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. You remember okay. this? My, please excuse yeah, my dear aunt Sally. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. In fact, I and you see those memes all the time of like, what what do you get with this math equation? And like, the, I always go to the comments right I away. I always try and see. solve them. Well, I mean, I try and solve them, yeah, but I go to the comments to see if I'm like way off. And like, then the comments are just 50-50. Like, people are like Nobody completely knows. torn. And they start arguing in the comments. Honestly, I think that's why our country is so divisive is because of those damn dot memes or whatever they're called. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's not... 
it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything, every way to do. It's like people are like, well, do you do the parentheses first? Do you do you multiply the stuff that is in the parentheses times the thing before you add and subtract? Or what do you do? I'm pretty sure you go left to right at some point. I don't know. Anyway, we have gotten so far off of course <laughs> that we need to get into <laughs> talking Titans. Because the Titans have the seventh pick. And Brian Callahan, Rand Carthon, both met with the media today and had some pretty interesting things to say, especially when it comes to the wide receiver offensive line debate. And this isn't anything new in terms of Brian Callahan, uh, what he said, because we've actually talked about it on this podcast before, but he kind of doubled down, maybe even tripled down at this point, uh, about his stance versus going wide receiver or offensive line. And at number seven, we kind of all believe that that's what that's it's either or for those two positions in terms of where the Titans are going at number seven. And Brian Callahan had this to say uh, a big one, a big one. I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the NFL is about scoring points and, and having people that can can score points uh, is important. Uh, I would say that that situation and our situation are probably very different. Uh, both in the and what the, who those players are uh, and where we are in our, our process. So, um, you know, we were going into year three, and, you know, Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell, I think, were kind of unanimously considered to be all pro caliber players. They've both lived up to that billing. Um, and so it's a different set of players, different set of circumstances, but, you know, I'll always lean, when all things are equal, uh, guys that can score touchdowns tend to make more of an impact. Well, what's all the talk about receivers? So, yeah, so look, he wants playmakers. And Jack, I, I, man, I feel I, I, I'm, I want to give Brian Callahan all the trust in the world because one of his, his, his track record and his success and his knowledge of the game, especially when it comes to the offensive side of the football. But I think I'm just a scorned lover. I am it, like Brian Callahan. It's like, yeah, like he, he wants playmakers all over offensive linemen, which I think is great. However, because, you know, they're the ones that are scoring the points. However, I also watched two straight seasons of a team that did not have an offensive line and seeing how hard it was for playmakers like Derrick Henry, like DeAndre Hopkins to make plays to get open, to have the time to get open, to uh, run through holes. When you don't have a good offensive line, those things become difficult. Now, Brian Callahan has said in the past that you can scheme around that, which, to his credit, he's he's right in the sense that, like, we did not have a Brian Callahan on the offensive side of the ball over the last two seasons. We didn't have anyone near as smart or intelligent when it comes to knowing offensive football like him. Uh, not even, uh, not Tim Kelly, not, uh, he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> neither of them were, were, were great at, at that. So like, okay, maybe I should give more trust into him being able to scheme around that, but I just feel, I, I feel weird. I want to trust him with, with everything that I have as a fan, but I'm also so hesitant to just based off of the last two years they they still cut deep yeah it, for the for the titans fan base it feels kind of like we're in a two-party system right here in the elections around the corner right are you going to vote wide receiver or are you going to vote offensive line it's one of those two like one of those two is probably going to win 
I hate to burst the bubble of all of our independent voters who want Brock Bowers, but it's probably <laughs> going to be wide receiver or offensive line. <laughs> Brock it, Bowers is the green party of prospects in at number seven. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's likely one of those two positions, right? And I think Rand Carthon acknowledged that today um, on Tuesday, you know, talking to reporters and stuff. But there's four players that fit the mold of what the Titans need. And two of them are receivers in Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze. The other two, Joe Alt, Olaf Shonen. Now, who's going to be available? We don't know. And we won't know for, you know, a while until it happens, the day up. So... I understand why Callahan wants a receiver, Brian Callahan, that is. Um, you know, he comes from a system where receivers were everything to that offense. And he he said today that he wants to implement some Cincinnati-ish things here. And it's going to look like the Bengals offense did with a few Callahan twists to it. Which so, I think is completely fine and, and honestly a little bit exciting. I agree. It, it, it makes my pants move a little. But... <laughs> I think that he believes this because, and you know, Rand Carthon hit on this, Austin. When Rand Carthon was asked about Bill Callahan, he had nothing but excellent things to say. He said they were blown away. They were mind blown. Actually, let me go ahead and play that clip. Well, we got a guy named Bill Callahan, uh, a.k.a. Big Coach. Um, who's one of the best in the business. And I, I, I really wish you guys could have seen his profile tape, you know, meeting. It was, it was, it was, it was a clinic, you know, it was a clinic and everyone left out of their minds blown and coming to the realization that we still got a lot to learn, you know, to come in and, and what it's going to take to play for him. But I think for a, for a guy like that, who's been such a strong developer, you know, of talent um, at the O-line position, it, it gives us a, a little leeway, you know, to bring some guys in and, and him having a plan on how to develop those guys and get them out on the field. He clearly trusts Bill Callahan. We we all know he can develop players, right? Yeah. But he, yeah. he he trusts Bill Callahan to evaluate offensive line talent. And when you have a guy like that, he's kind of like an ace in the hole, right? You you feel like maybe it's not as pressing of a need as it once was because you now have a coach who can work with, you know, I mean, you still need talent, who can yeah. work with just about anybody and get them up to a competent level or, you know, above if you have the skill set to to reach that level. Which makes wide receiver now the bigger need. Because, you know, in today's game, like the wide receiver position has changed so much and it's become easier to evaluate coming out of college. Yeah. Like some of these yeah. rookie receivers, I mean, we were coming off a year where Puka Nakua just put up 1,500 yards, the best rookie yeah. season ever by a wide receiver. Yeah. And not far behind are Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, AJ Brown, all dudes that have been drafted in the last five years in the first round who have made instant impacts to their offense. And I think that that's part of what makes that position more attractive to Callahan at seven overall. You can still get a good tackle. And look, if you go tackle at seven, you can still get a great receiver in the second round. The good thing about this draft, and the Titans got so lucky, is that both of those two positions are very, very deep. So if you wanted yeah. to draft two O-linemen, this is the year to do it. If you want to draft two wide receivers, this is the year to do it. I'm not saying you go back to back, but I'm saying if you want to wait till you know the third or fourth round to take your second guy, it could make sense. And you could go best available at the same time while filling a need. So because of the impact that Bill Callahan is going to have as a coach, I think that that means a wide receiver makes the most sense in the first round. Because I think you, that Bill Callahan, look, maybe the problems that we perceive the Titans have off on, on the offensive line aren't as bad as we, th- as we think they are. Right? Yeah. Because what if what if Bill Callahan can make something out of Dylan Ravens or can make something out of NPF? 
Well, that saves you a, a you know a chunk of free agent money and a draft pick possibly if you can make those two guys work. So if you have a guy who can develop and you can get guys quickly and you can evaluate talent like Callahan's proven, you know, in thirty plus years as an NFL coach, then let's take a receiver in the first round. Let's not gamble. Let's let's take a guy in the first round who can change our offense and let Bill Callahan kind of you know, sift through the weeds and find that guy in the second round that's going to transform the offensive line and protect Will Levis. It's a chicken versus the egg, which came first situation that we're yeah. in as Titans fans, and I don't think you can go wrong. That that internal war in my head is still, like, I, it's like a freaking tug of war at an MTV spring break back in the day, uh, which I don't know. Are you old <laughs> enough? You're not old enough. Damn it. Sorry. That, I know. I saw some MT, MTV spring, ba- spring break content back in the day. Did you? Okay. All right. Then, you know, that was, that was, I mean, gosh, that was as great a content and content that you'd see around this time every year. Honestly, the NFL off season, uh, it it was perfect because I think I saw you on like South Padre Island or something. Were you down there? Okay. All right. Yeah. You don't talk about that. Cream bikini. (laughs) (laughs) It's been expunged. It was me in a whipped cream bikini being interviewed by Carmen Electra. Uh, it was wild, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I'm not that old, uh, but Austin's got a rocking I w- bod. I was young enough to where I was like, oh, I should probably not be watching this. Uh, but anyway, uh, MTV Spring Break. There's a tug of war going on in my head right now. One side is wide receiver, one side is offensive line, and I think all the time about. Like, and I agree with them where playmakers are important because if you think about it, the guy who misses tackles, you could throw a 15 yard out route to a Jamar chase and he could miss four or dodge four tackles and score on a play that should have only gained probably 15 yards. However, um, offensive line is important. And you know where I learned that not only from the last two seasons of watching Titans football, but watching this Cincinnati Bengals. In the Super Bowl, and the Brian Callahan could have a ring on his finger if he had a better offensive line, and that is a Brian Callahan-led offense for the most part. Obviously, Zach Taylor's calling the plays, but that is a Brian Callahan offense in that Super Bowl. Healthy Joe Burrow last year against the Rams, exactly. So I'm also thinking, like, okay, if you can scheme around it. Why didn't you there in the Super Bowl? So, and again, I'm not. But look, don't you I'm think he looking. did in order to get there? Like, like the Titans sacked him nine times. Yes. Well, and yeah, you're right. You're right. However, if they had a better, better offensive line, do the they, Bengals they win, win that game in a blowout? I mean, like, is that game way worse than what it was? Um, I don't know. I all I'm saying is, I just. I, I keep going back and forth because I'm like, yeah, just get the ball into a guy on the perimeter's hands and he'll make some guys miss and create plays. It, it was the Chris Johnson effect for Titans fans back in the day. You know, you just hand the ball off to CJ and he can hit a home run at any point. Guys who scored, scored touchdowns are a lot of times more important than – and I'm not – this is not to discredit offensive linemen at all. As a former running back, trust me, I – I am as big of a proponent for offensive linemen as anyone there is, especially as a Derrick Henry fan. I am as big of a proponent of offensive linemen as there are. However, I do agree with them that like, yeah, okay, if you have to choose one or the other, he's going to lean on the side of offensive playmakers. I'm just like, ah, I still, I go back and forth about 
what is more important for this Titans team, for this roster right now. Because if I have to see freaking Andre Dillard's suit back up. Nope, in a, not going to happen. In Titans blue or an Andre Dillard type in Titans two-tone blue, I'm going to lose my mind because you can't take five-step drops with that. You can, no. you can do three at best, at best. Even that is a, is a crapshoot. So – I just and and I and I know Levis is a guy who, if you give him some time, can create magic, like he had in the Falcons game. So, all I'm saying is, I I I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Honestly, I'm I keep going back and forth. There is literally it is it is just a bunch of shirtless dudes with their arms gripped around that rope, and they're just tugging back and forth, and you know, and and in the sand in in Cabo right now. And I'm just I don't know. It's a weird visual, honestly. It, it, it's no, it's great. Homoerotic, if you <laughs> too. And, and look, it's like there's not a wrong answer, wide receiver or offensive line, because they desperately need both. You know. And the thing yeah. is, another aspect that I like to think about in this, and like earlier this morning on the morning show, I was a Joe Alt guy. You know, where are we? Six hours later, seven hours later, I want neighbors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. That's just how this thing, this thing's been going for me. And I feel like Titans fans get kind of the same way. You flip flop, but um, you know, the other thing to consider is that DeAndre Hopkins only has one more year left on his deal here. I yeah. I would be surprised if he signed a long term deal here after that. Right, just where he is in his career, he still has no Super Bowl rings. I feel like he may go chase that, you know, somewhere where maybe that's possible quicker than it might be in Tennessee. So it, when you know that you only have D Hop for one more year, you know that Traylon well, Burks hasn't really panned out. Keep in mind, though, thing. Uh, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying the Titans are going to be Super Bowl contenders, but I'm saying like a lot, a lot can change in a year. Facts. And you're and, right. Like a a lot of narratives can change in one year. So whereas the Titans don't look like a contender right now, 12 months from now, we don't know where they could be lying uh, going into next offseason of yeah, what they'll look like. Nobody should know that more than the Titans after watching the Jags and the Texans kind of rise from the ashes. But I mean, look, look at and, and, and on the flip side, how fast the Titans window closed a lot sooner true. than any of us expected. You're exactly right. But, you know, when you when you're looking at the cupboard and it's kind of drying up a little bit and you've got some stale cereal in there like Traylon Burks and you've got some expire expiring, you know, canned food. If canned food expires um, in Deandre Hopkins, you, you need to, you need to find something fresh. You need to put something in there. That's going to liven it up a little bit that, that you can go back to again and again and again. That's what I think Malik neighbors and Roma Dunze can be. And a lot of people, you know, we're more familiar with Malik neighbors here in Nashville because he played in the sec. He, we saw him play against our favorite teams you know, we saw him on a big scale, you know, SEC's always on down here. And West Coast guy, Roma Dunze, sure, he played in some big games. But I don't, I think there's a common misconception running around in the Titans fan base about him that he's not explosive. Well, you know, we know Malik Neighbors is explosive. He gets compared to Tyreek Hill, even though he's six foot, 200 pounds. He can create separation. He's a speedster. He breaks tackles. He's a yak machine. But Dunze is too. And the gap between those two players is nearly non-existent. And there's some thoughts around the league that a Dunze could go before neighbors. Mel Kuyper just ran a mock draft last night on ESPN with Field Yates where he had a Dunze going at six to the Giants and neighbors falling to the Titans at seven. And a is a guy who averaged nearly 18 yards per catch last year at Washington. And I get it. You know, the system, the quarterback, all of that's not equal. But 
you, you got to take it at face value. Like, Adunze made that team a national title contender, didn't get the ball in the national title game, and we saw what happened because of that. Um, yeah. You know, neighbors last year, 14.6 yards per catch. So they're both explosive. They're both really fast. Like, last offseason, I, I think that Adunze was clocked at like a 4-3-4 in the 40-yard dash. Now, it was probably in Washington, and he probably had a guy in a Huskies uh, jacket doing the hand time. But even if it's a full tenth of a second behind and it's a 4-4-4, that's still faster than what A.J. Brown ran, and we all know how explosive he was. So these are the caliber of athletes that you're going to be able to bring in at seven, hopefully, if the board falls right. So that's kind of of what is, you know, giving the tiebreaker to wide receiver for me, even though I know that when I wake up tomorrow, my mind could change again. Yeah, okay. Uh all right, now now the shirtless dudes tugging on the wide receiver side are, are pulling a little bit uh, stronger now. <laughs> I just don't know, honestly, what, what where to go. Um, one quick thing I want to get to before um, we get out of here. Uh, one, uh, they, Brian Callahan was asked about Derrick Henry, and this is what he said. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you, you see backs nowadays. I know there's that myth of volume carrying where you got to have it 20, 25 times. Uh, I don't think that exists. I think there's a place for, for rotating backs. I think Stan Fresh matters. Um, obviously, he's taken, taken a lot of carries over his career. And so if you get in a position where you got two really good backs that offer very different skill sets, I think it's always good to change those up. It's good. Uh, it's good scheme, uh, and it makes it hard on the defense. So uh, I don't think that you have to, just because he, if he came back, he'd have to have 20 carries. I don't think that necessarily is a requisite. What kind of? Uh, I feel like that's not uh, like shutting the door on having Derrick Henry. And, and I feel like there's a, there's a, obviously, you know, guys know how I feel about Derrick Henry and um, how much I, I, I am in the camp of wanting to bring him back because he is still a top five, dare I say a top three, maybe even top two player at his position. And the more players you have, that rank that high in their respective position groups, the better your franchise is. And I think there's a there's a there's a big misconception amongst fans where you think like, oh, if you have Derrick Henry, you are a run first offense. That's not necessarily the case. Obviously, as Brian Callahan said, like it is, you know, it's good to have that yin to that yang. If you have a Tajay Spears and a Derrick Henry. Defenses that that poses problems for defenses because they don't know who like you have to stop two different dynamics uh, when, when it comes to play calling. And anytime you 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 hand Derrick Henry the ball, he is a threat to do some damage. So for anyone who thinks that Derrick Henry is 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 not a fit for the Titans, I, I I'm I'm confused by that because if you throw Derrick Henry up as a free agent as he's going to become here in a couple of weeks. Look at the number of fans around the NFL that are licking their chops to sign Derrick Henry. So why would you not want that in Nashville? Why would you not want that? What literally everyone else has. And I'm legitimately asking this question. Not saying that I don't, I have an answer. I'm saying like, is it because like, You've had him for so long that you think you know him better than fans all over the league do and or what he brings. Because 
Baltimore Ravens. That is not a, I mean, well, yeah, I guess that that is a bad example. That is a run first offense. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, but, but like you, you like the Raven Ravens fans want him so bad because he will make their offense better. And if you got an MVP quarterback, adding a Derrick Henry to the mix only makes that offense terrifying. Why would Derrick Henry being added to next year's Titans offense with a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a Malik Neighbors, uh, or a rookie wide receiver, you know, standout wide receiver? Uh, uh, an improved a, offensive a, line. An improved offensive line, a Chica Quanquo. Like, why would that, why does that not excite you? Uh, and paired with the fact, keep in mind, you still have Dodge Spears. And, you're like, well, they can't be on the field at the same time. Uh, yes, they can. Uh, Tim Kelly showed us a little bit of that last year. And you know Brian Callahan, a much smarter offensive mind, is going to figure out ways to make it happen. So I just don't understand the whole debate against letting Derrick Henry walk. If I'm the Titans, and I, I hope that – I want to see him back in Tone Blue for more reasons than one, but also because I think he makes the Titans better. The Titans without Derrick Henry are not as good as the Titans with Derrick Henry. And that should be the end of the discussion. That should be the end of the argument as to whether or not you want him back. Sure, money comes into play, and he he is deserving of a of a probably a larger contract than you're willing to spend for a 30-plus-year-old running back. But first of all, it ain't your money. (laughs) Like you have to. You have to trust that the Titans are going to make that work. And it's been reported, like the Titans are more than likely not going to spend that $75 million or $85 million, whatever the number is. I, I don't know. Those numbers fluctuate with every new Instagram post I see I, because some people factor in, oh, the void contract years and all the mumbo jumbo and the fine print and the, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Derek Henry... Like, like they, they may not spend all of their cap money. So why not use some on a player like Derrick Henry, who you know is one of the top players at his position and still is. Like, he's not, he's not a Ezekiel Elliott where he was good for a couple of years and he's really shown decline. He hasn't shown decline. He just rushed for the second most rushing yards in the NFL last season behind an offensive line that you guys know how bad it was. He yeah. rushed for the second most rushing yards in the NFL. So, like to say he's declining, it, it, I don't, I don't believe that. I think the the talent around him has declined uh, wholeheartedly. He's certainly aging, right? He's certainly, and as for the reasons that you you don't bring him back, I think that's because you're no longer looking for him to assume a bell cow role. But we heard Brian Callahan say, you know, like he doesn't think that. Derrick Henry's off the table because he can't give him 25 carries. He's like, you know, I I want to keep guys fresh. I want fresh legs at running back. So maybe splitting carries between two backs keeps them both fresh and can maximize what you can do on the ground if you have a guy like Spears, who we know is more shifty and elusive, and then have Derrick Henry, who can get the tough yards, but can also hit the home run. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm always going to be Team Derrick Henry in Tennessee. I always will. But I understand... If you're going to spend all of that money over the cap, has the Titans at $78 million in salary cap space available. If you're going to spend that elsewhere, then you better spend it elsewhere on good players because Derrick Henry is going to be a great player and he's really only going to count for 
a small percentage of that salary cap space if you bring him back. Now, the other the other side of this coin is, does Derrick Henry want to come back? Knowing that the Titans yeah, are trying yeah. to move on in a different scheme and maybe, you know, rely on him a little bit less. But the fact of the matter is for Derrick Henry, if, if he wants to go to one of these teams that are pushing, and I'll read off the list of current uh, favorites to land Derrick Henry. Baltimore obviously leads the list, plus 175, followed up by the Cowboys at plus 550, the Eagles at plus 650, and the Texans at plus 750. So those are the four horsemen right now um, in contention to land Derrick Henry. I hate just about every single one of those spots. But, you know, he's not going to be the Thor that he was with the Titans, right? Like they have infinity stones elsewhere on those offenses. You've got Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith in Philly. You've got Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews um, up in up in Baltimore, Zay Flowers as well. Uh, and then everybody knows the weapons that the Cowboys have and the Texans. Titans fans don't need to be told twice about what Texas ha- or Houston has down there. So, you know, I, I get why the Titans would want to move on from him. But I don't think that it's an open-shut case like some Titans fans may believe. I think that you know if Derrick Henry can be convinced that he's going to have a role where he can touch the ball 15, 12, 15 times a game, I think that should be attractive to Derrick Henry. Now, I don't think that the Titans can win a Super Bowl in the next two, three years. I just don't. The way that the roster is currently constructed, I don't believe that to be a realistic possibility. Wow. Is it a possibility? Wow, sure. Wow, dude. Feels wow. a little far-fetched. Cool. No, oh, it's fine. Cool, dude. It's fine. No, it's, it's cool. Fine. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. Look, you got to make the role. playoffs first. You make the playoffs once, and that changes a lot of people's minds. But yeah, no, if no, I'm Derek cool. Henry, it, yeah, I see the writing just, kind just, of on the wall. Keep in mind, uh, one of the two hosts on this show has no hope in the Titans' future. Uh, oh, okay. let that be known. Um, <laughs> I have total hope in the Titans' future, and I have so much hope in the Titans' future. But I just think that in the short term, because Derek Henry is not going to play till he's forty, like LeBron. You know, running backs just don't last that long. I yeah, think that he's he, not, this is probably going to be like his, he, his last contract where he actually, you know, is semi-effective and he might even I, taper off halfway through. I'm but, not saying he's playing until he's 40, but he's also proven he's not other running backs. So, like, to hold him right. in the same regard of other running backs. To me, he's a Javon Curse with a football in his hands. And Javon Curse played a pretty long career uh, on the defensive line. A much tougher, more beat-up position than running back. So, I look, I the whole, like... Oh, well, you know, running backs. Well, look at every other running back. Derrick Henry is is not – how many times has he had to prove to us that he's an anomaly? He's not every other running back. Will he age? Yes, he will age. Will he decline in, uh, you know, uh, at some point? Yes. But he has not shown to do that yet. Uh, and, and, and that's what I – that's what I don't understand. And if you're wondering which of the two co-hosts of this podcast have no hope in the Titans, it it's the one that uh, mixed up uh, his Marvel analogy by saying that uh, Thor has the Infinity Without Stones. Without the Infinity Stones, yeah, I know. It's I, Thanos I, I that has the Infinity Stones. Thor has yeah, the whatever. hammer. Look, I don't right. watch those movies. I thought I could relate to people that. You, no, no, no. Um, you, not those movies. You don't was, watch movies. It was it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Look, here's the thing that could help the Titans though in the Derrick Henry sweepstakes. This is a pretty sweet class of free agent running backs. Like like Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders will probably slap a tag on him. But then you have Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift. Like you've got some attractive options for teams out there looking for a running back this offseason. So if there's a team out there that maybe wants to go to a little younger or maybe a little cheaper, then they'll have those options out there. Like Saquon Barkley is going to cost a lot of money. So is Tony Pollard. And Austin Eckler, 
I don't know what his contract will look like compared to Derrick Henry, but we know he's two-dimensional, so they could value him a little bit more. But those are great options for teams in the running back market. So if you know Baltimore and Philly and Dallas and Houston plugs those holes with some of those guys, well, Derrick Henry's still kind of left sitting on his hands, and the Titans are like, yeah, Derrick, well, you, want, you want to try this thing again? Yeah, maybe no, it works. I, I, maybe I don't. I don't yes. think Derek. I don't think Derek Henry's going to go untouched on an open market. I. I don't. And I. And I. And if if he does walk, the Titans then have to fill another need at running back, like because Tajay Spears is not. You cannot bank on an ACL list Tajay Spears to be your bell cow for an entire season. You a couple you options need out there to spell them and like, and you, and, and you can't get a Saquon Barkley or an Austin Eckler to pair with a Tajay Spears because those are the same players. Those are the same players, just a little bit older. And Tony Pollard is maybe the only other one that you could Josh Jacobs. Again, I agree. I think he's going to be tagged by the Raiders. So Josh Jacobs is out of the picture. I, I just think like bringing back Derrick Henry is not as bad as a lot of Titans fans will want you to believe. and. Him, he will also help fill a major hole that he will leave behind if he does walk. I agree. And, you know, if the Titans don't get Derrick Henry, maybe an old friend like Deontay Foreman, who's a free agent this offseason, makes sense there to fill that role. Foreman. Oh, I, I do love, I Deontay, love Foreman. Deontay Foreman. He was great in Chicago last year. There's my Bears reference for the week. Oh, my gosh. Old he friend alert. So much fun. Two-tone yeah. blue. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, look, Jack and I are here to bring back Two-Tone Blue. And um, while it is the unofficial start of smokescreen season, let that be a PSA, folks. Do not believe anything you read on the internet from coaches or players, uh, especially coaches and GMs at the Combine this week. Don't believe anything they say because this is the start. Only believe things you hear from this podcast. We will will never lead you astray. We are the only podcast you can trust, okay? Except for when my co-host goes off and says that the Titans won't win a Super Bowl in the next two years. Yeah, or this, if we're talking everything else, everything else is true. <laughs> yes, we, you can believe us, okay? Everyone else, though, they're they're throwing things out. Things are getting leaked. People want to are trying to build leverage within the draft, within trading up and down in the draft. Don't believe anything, okay? However, it's also the start of two-tone blue season, and with players coming available, getting cut, and getting, uh, you know, uh, not getting the franchise tags and becoming free agents, it's time for Jack and I to dust off our old favorite segment, two-tone blue, question mark? Two-tone blue. It's basically a segment where we look at people that are free agents and immediately look to whether or not they would fit on this Titans roster, whether it makes sense or not. Okay. Obviously when Derrick Henry was this team's running back and running backs would become available like uh, Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, or fill in the blank, Josh Jacobs, we would ask two tone blue, even though we're set at running back, you just have to ask the question because every time a free agent comes available, we know you're thinking it. We know you're thinking of like, oh, man, how great would it be for that player to be a Titan? That's what this segment is. So with that buildup, there was a name that became available today, was cut by his current franchise, now free agent, looking for work. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonu Smith, two-tone blue. Mm, 
two-tone blue. blue. I had a big year last year. I mean, look, he could do a lot of things in this Brian Callahan-led offense. You know, he's uh, like Chig, but better. And that's no offense to Chig. Chig, I think, is great. I do like Chig a lot. But Jonu Smith is is it is that that is it is the store brand versus the Kroger brand. Not to use that analogy again. I think we went to that analogy last week. But you know, uh, you know what still upsets me is. How the Patriots misused Jonu Smith after paying him the big money the Titans couldn't afford. Yeah. Yes. But, like, that's that's just like, you know, I have something that I need. I have a car that I need. I'm going to the dealership. This guy, he's already got another car. He's got a Ferrari in his garage. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Mm-hmm. He's going to buy the car I want because he has the money to do it, even yep. if it's just going to sit in his garage for the whole time it's there. Mm-hmm. That's what the Patriots did with Jonu Smith. But when he went to Atlanta yeah. and reconnected with old friend Art Smith, you know, he popped last year. He is 28 and a half, so maybe there is a few few more good years there left in him. And the Titans have seen some good tight ends leave and still produce like Jared Cook before. But Austin, I'm going through the list of free agents, and I see four former Titans. Two-tone blue possibilities. So I'll, this is going to be the worst segment that we ever do on this podcast for the rest of time. But Austin, I want you to rank these four. Because the Titans don't, don't need another average tight end, right? They're already overflowing with them as it is. <laughs> Rank these four former Titans is in the in the order in which you'd like to bring them back. I so John Brian Smith, Tannehill is one of them. John, no, they're all tight ends. John oh, Smith okay. is one. Hey, hey, Ryan Tannehill, wide receiver in college. People forget. True, maybe he can convert to tight end. Um, <laughs> so John Smith, Austin Hooper, old friend Ooh. Jeff Swaim, and another Falcons tight end, Michael Pruitt. Ooh, 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 ooh. Rank okay. those guys for me. If you need me to coming run through them number, again, I will. Coming, coming in at number four, Jeff Swain. Yeah, totally agree. If for no other reason, that's not how you spell Jeff, okay? Mm-hmm. G-off. Jeff is spelled with a J and no O. And where, where are my Vols fans at? When you see his last name, you think it should be Swain, not Swaim. Okay, it's it should end in an N, not an M. But that it's not, that it's that paired with. Swain. That's nothing that he like, did. Yeah. But it, it's how often the Titans wanted to use him, even though he was brought mm-hmm. in specifically as a blocking tight end. Right. It, J- Jeff Swain was the, uh, oh, we, look, we don't need a John U. Smith, okay? We have a John U. Smith at home, and it's Jeff Swain. <laughs> you know, like that is, <laughs> that is what, why Titans fans have a, a problem with, with Jeff Swain. Coming in at number three, I'm going Michael Pruitt. Okay. Shout out to my guy Robert Greenlaw, uh, big big Michael Pruitt fan. He caught a lot uh, of big touchdowns when he was with the Titans. Maybe not a lot, but he caught some a few yeah. big touchdowns. I think he caught a Derrick Henry touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, against that the Chiefs. That sounds right. No, that yeah. sounds exactly right. Uh, so Michael Pruitt. Oh, this one. This is where it gets right. tough. Down to Hooper and Janu. It look you can never fail. When you go with an Austin H and we have that, that was proven when he was a Titan. I wanted the Titans to re-sign him last off season and they did not. And look at what happened. Okay. Look at what happened. Is Austin H the reason the Titans failed last year? The lack of having an Austin H on the roster. People are asking. Okay. People are asking. I'm not, but other people are. <laughs> okay, I am one. I am one of the people that are asking. However, 
Austin H is my number two, and then Jonu. Jonu has a place near and dear in my heart because because of his athleticism. There's so much you can do with Jonu Smith aside from just the blocking and pass catching that a tight end does. You can run the ball with him. You can uh, do other things with him that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But just take my word for it. Again, the Tighten Up podcast will not lie to you this offseason. Jonu Smith, you could do a lot with him, and I think the Titans could. So Jonu is my number one still. First this is the podcast for impossible hypotheticals. You've come to the right place if you're looking for it, you, Yeah. By the way, I didn't realize this, but John o. Smith had career highs in catches and yards last season. 50 grabs for 582 yards. What a year. Look, don't let John o. get hot. And he's he only would 28 and a half. With a Brian Callahan offensive coordinated offense. Um, which no shot to, uh, you know, no, no disrespect to Arthur Smith. Obviously, I, I still think very highly of Arthur Smith, but that's probably where John is going to end up is in Pittsburgh uh, as a stealer. Arthur Smith, when Arthur Smith saw John Smith become available, dude, he, he was probably in a work meeting and like, he was like, he had to like do the awkward leg where he covers up, you know, like where he's like trying to block his boner. Uh, Everyone stands is... up at the end of the meeting. He's like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and look at this for a few. Minutes. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go. Meet yeah, you I'm going to. Overlook these uh, these numbers one more time, you guys. I'll meet you. I'll meet you at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> then he has to like awkward. Then he has to like start thinking about his grandma to make make it go away. See, <laughs> 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 so he's like baseball, baseball, baseball. Um, grandmother, right. if you're listening, I promise you that I don't do this. Um, but but does your grandma listen stuff. to this podcast too, dude? We've gone over this after you dissed her about the Zabumafu CD from the library. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's he's right. on your I ass. Thought, right I thought now. it was. Well, I thought it was your mom that listens. I think. I think maybe my mom tipped off my grandmother. I don't know, but look, the matriarchy from the gentry side—they're they're breathing I, down your neck. Off. You know what? If any gentries are listening, um, first of all, thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us four and a half stars, point five stars to Buck. Uh, four and a half stars to the tied up idiots. Point five stars to buck, uh, but uh, my parents, my parents listen to my radio show every single morning. Which for that, I have no idea why, but they do. So they listen every single morning, and I'm very appreciative of that. They are former Titans PSL owners, section one seventeen, row S, seats nine and ten. So they love the Titans, and we watch the Titans whenever I'm home. We they follow the Titans very closely. But I cannot, for the life of them, get them to listen to this podcast. I don't blame. I, them. I have, I have tried. Uh, they and it's like every time I tell them I have a Titans podcast, they're like, "You do? What? What? You have a Titans podcast?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it's through A to Z Sports." You know, like they're like, "Oh, oh, okay, yeah." I, how do I get that on my phone? And I'm like, the podcast app, I've shown you this four or five times already. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll have to start listening to that. Never have they started listening to it. So, Jack, consider yourself lucky that you've got not only a mom, but a grandma and a lovely one at that. In fact, is, is, she, an, is she a gentry? She, she was at one point. The last names have changed. Um, okay. But I will say this. If, if you're a tupper and you're listening right now, Share this podcast with your grandmother. We we need to hit that demographic. <laughs> Do I we? feel I, I feel we? like we're for the grandmother. Is that a demo that we really need to up our numbers in? 
Probably. I can't imagine that, you know, there's not a lot tweeting at us. Hey, shout out to all my grandmas out there. Okay. You guys are okay. looking so beautiful. Okay, okay, here we go. All right, let's get and, out of and here. And look, look, I'm thinking we could talk ball. We could talk ball all night long if you want. Oh, my gosh. You like Disgusting. tight ends? We can talk tight ends. All right, all right. At that, I can't let you go on anymore. I, I, I just can't do it. I'm starting to sweat through my shirt right now, listening to you talk about this. You like sacks? Okay. We can talk sacks. I got to tell my mom not to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, send us your show titles at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. You can follow A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports NFL now. Uh, follow them both on Twitter. On uh, and um, that is uh, definitely a, a great one-stop shop account for all of your football needs. And then also follow Jack at Jack A Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Um, Jack, do you have anything for the road? Nothing for the road. Uh, let's get some more reviews in though. Like I haven't read one. Of, I that used to be some of my favorite parts of this podcast is reading y'all's reviews. But if you yeah. haven't reviewed the show, go ahead and do that on Apple. Austin said it four and a half stars for the Titan Up Idiots, a half star for Buck. Um, it's only fair. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to read some. Y- y'all always made me laugh in those reviews. So if you haven't reviewed it yet, get on it, do it. I'll be checking this week. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good um, point. Yeah, it is. I think our, our last, uh, our most recent podcast uh, uh, came from, or our last podcast review came in November. 1122 November 22nd four and a half st- it says love the Titan up podcast four and a half stars for the Titan up podcast and 0.5 stars for Buck rising real name question mark I love that not only did he do what we always ask is to leave four and a half stars for the Titan up idiots but and 0.5 stars to Buck but he also threw in like a little conspiracy theory in there is that Buck's real name because that feels like that feels fake Buck it's rising not. hit that name loosely translates to inflation and it doesn't make sense honestly it doesn't make sense that that would be anyone's name and who spells rising that way it should be buck reesing which i think everyone thinks it is uh upon just reading it so look shout out to person's hat on apple or itunes or whatever it is um apple podcast thank you for the review person's hat and thank you for throwing that conspiracy our way because it is something to think about is that Look, Buck's real name? People are any, any and all Buck conspiracy theories I'm in on, I will always side with the conspiracy on those theories. So keep those coming as well. Okay. Uh, all right, we've got to get out of here. Uh, enjoy watching uh, 20-somethings run around in their underwear this weekend. Uh, with all of that said, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way